And good to see uh, those of you who are here. Um, it's so meaningful to have this space, uh, even though there's not many of us that are here, and it's small and it's spread out, but to just worship together just feels so good. And Cheryl, good to see you. I didn't say hi when you came in. Uh, if you want to open up to Mark chapter 2, that's where we're going to start today. So Mark chapter 2, we'll start in verse 23. It says, One Sabbath... Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain, and the Pharisees said to him, look, look, I mean, that's such a, yeah, they said to him, look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is a story about the Sabbath. And today I want to give a message about Sabbath. A message uh, that I think is really hard for me to give because I am not great at practicing Sabbath. Uh, But I just got back from vacation and I feel rested and think maybe I could speak into it a little bit. But we're in a series right now uh, called Life is Liturgy that we've been going through uh, this summer. And for us, liturgy, it's this old church word. It means the work of the people, the work of God's people. So we've been talking about how we worship God with our lifestyles. So uh, over the last... Uh, Really, seven weeks, we've been looking at themes like prayer and worship and forgiveness and reconciliation. And then last week, Ryan Cooper uh, shared with us just this liturgy of thanksgiving, to to be people who are grateful, to give thanks uh, in the midst even of a pandemic, to say there are so many things that we are just grateful for. God is is good. He's the giver of good gifts. And uh, Ryan had just great words of wisdom for us last week. But today I want to talk about Sabbath as this uh, rule of life or this, this sacred thing uh, that we do that forms us uh, to be, um, I, I think, in, in tune with, with who God is and what God is doing in this world. And, uh, and, and Sabbath is uh, something I think is, is very important and it's hard for us um, in our culture to just stop and take a Sabbath. And what we'll find is that Sabbath is more than just a day off. Um, Sabbath is something that God gives us as a gift. We get the idea of Sabbath all the way back in the creation story from Genesis chapter 1. And uh, if you want to turn to Genesis 1, we'll kind of look at at this. And uh, Genesis 1 starts, the first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a familiar passage. We we know that. Uh, This is a, a Hebrew poetry. And so if you were reading this in the original language, what you would find um, is that there's, there's a, a cadence to it. Uh, as, as poetry, it was also probably sung as a song. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He starts to bring order to the creation. Um, he starts to manage and put things in place. And then at verse 31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And so this poem is arranged around different days where God is placing different things into the creation. And then Genesis chapter 2 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, 
God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So there's an interesting passage where God is creating the earth, all the work's done, the seventh day he rested. God takes a break. God rests and doesn't do anything. Um, and so when we're talking about this idea of, of Sabbath, we've kind of come to understand that we have this seven-day week, we work for six days, we have one day where we stop and we rest. A 24-hour period, a day that we just unplug from the work of, of creating. And this is something God does. Does God need to rest? No. Does God get tired? No. But God does something that I think is teaching us about kind of the rhythm of creation. And if we want to I, kind of communicate two things about Sabbath, it's this. The, the idea of Sabbath is for rest and for rhythm. It brings order to our world, rest and rhythm. Here's some things that were said about Sabbath when it comes to this idea of rest and rhythm. Uh, Raymond Ortland Jr., in his comment, commentating on a passage on the Sabbath in Scripture, says this, The Sabbath is meant to structure our weekly schedules around glorifying and enjoying God together. The Sabbath is God's appointed release for us from our self-worshipping addiction to work and productivity and efficiency and organization and busyness. The Sabbath is God's way of saying, no, your highest values will not be professional and commercial. They will only end up destroying you and others through you. Your highest values will be worship and freedom and delight, enriching and all around you. And for most of us American Christians today, the Sabbath is a holiday that we're the least likely to observe. We think we're freeing ourselves from religious imposition, but in fact, we're enslaving ourselves to destructive workaholism, the obliteration of unstructured family intimacy, and above all, the lost sense of the sacred. I think that's an interesting line. When we, when we just kind of like push the Sabbath on the side and think that's not something that we should really uh, consider or be a part of, so much of what we do, we, we lose these moments that are just sacred. And I feel like even like Sunday morning, and, and the reason I think that we're, we're here and we're live is that there's some rhythm that when we come together and we, we worship God, something sacred happens. We don't want to forget that. We don't want to lose that. That, that, that this, what happens in this space is meaningful. Eugene Peterson says this about the Sabbath. Sabbath is that uncluttered time and space in which we can distance ourselves from our own activities enough to see what God is doing. To slow down, to become aware of God's presence, to be aware of what God is doing in our life. When we get so focused on what's just happening in the, the world around us, the secular world, we get focused on what's happening even with our occupation, with, with how we're performing, what we're producing. We just grow weary. And we have this day where we stop and we're just reminded that we are, we are spiritual beings created in the image of God. We connect with him. It's not necessarily about what we're doing. It's about who we are becoming 
in the process. And Sabbath creates this sacred time for us to connect with God. So this first idea of rest in the rhythm, uh, the first idea of rest, says in verse two of chapter or verse two of chapter two of Genesis, the seventh day God finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day he rested from his work. Rest is something that usually when we're talking about Sabbath, usually when we're talking about kind of this idea of in our culture, the message is all about rest because we're overworked, we're overly anxious, um, we're, we're, we're super busy all the time, we're, we're moving you know, faster than we should be moving. Um, and so the message is all about like, we need to slow down and be reminded that we're spiritual beings. Um, it's kind of weird to talk about rest right now because we are in this season of disruption. And so some people out there, I know that you're working maybe harder now than you were before the pandemic started and you are weary. And this message is still important. Sabbath, I need Sabbath because of rest. It brings order to my life. But then there's a lot of you that your life is disrupted right now. And so you're probably working from home, which creates these weird boundaries, like am I at work or am I not? And everything kind of bleeds together. Or there's a lot of you that I know that are, are out of work right now. And so like this is a season of rest. This is a season of stopping. And it's just this strange disruption. And my wife, Marcy, keeps saying, like, every day starts to feel like Groundhog's Day, right? I'll just wake up, and it's the same thing over and over again. Um, maybe you're like, you're like me. Like, sometimes I don't even know what day it is. Like, is it Tuesday? Every day feels like Tuesday. I don't know. It, but we're in this weird season of disruption, but not all of us. And some of you are weary from this, this schedule of work, and you're worn out. Ruth Haley Barton says this in her invitation to si- solitude and silence. Because we do not rest, we lose our way. Poisoned by the hypnotic belief that good things come only through unceasing determination and tireless effort, we can never truly rest. And for the want of rest, our lives are in danger. Sabbath is a gift from God that he says, slow down, rest. Stop producing, stop performing, just be in God's presence. Uh, I have been running five miles a day every morning. Um, I'm not a runner. I'm, I'm trying to become a runner, uh, but the gyms are closed, and I need some sort of outlet for, like, working out. And so there's this trail right by my house, kind of off Tatum, north of Union Hills by the canals. Um, it's called Horse Lovers Park. And so some of you go and hike on that trail, um, but I've been running that trail every morning. And since I got back in town, um, you know, I've, I ran, like, I think four times this week. I saw three snakes in those four days, terrifying. But uh, for me, it's just this great release to get out and to run. And like you, I am constantly just kind of trying to stay updated with what's happening in the news. And so all day long, I'm hearing these messages about, um, you know, like all these just heavy things that are happening in our world today. And so it creates like this heavy heart. It creates this anxiety. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, is this really happening or is the whole thing fake? Am I dreaming it? And so I get out and I run and I'm able to just kind of like release everything that's in my mind. Well, the other day I was running on this trail in the middle of the desert and I run early because it gets super hot. I came across uh, this man that was in the middle of the desert, this older person, and he had a cane. And he, I, I kind of was like, what in the world is he doing? Because he's not on the trail, which you're supposed to be on the trail. He was out in the desert and he had this box with him. And so I stopped to kind of like watch to see what he was doing. And what I realized was that he had like chopped up vegetables that he was throwing out in the desert. And he was like feeding the bunnies. 
And I had this moment where I'm running, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you come out here every day to feed bunnies? I'm like, those bunnies are going, like, there's coyotes everywhere. There's chupacabras, right, if you're into that. Like, like, those bunnies aren't going to survive, and yet he comes out every single morning in the cool of the day, and he's out there feeding the bunnies. And I had this moment where I'm like, okay, like, we've, like there's this democracy's falling, thousands of people are dying from a pandemic, like, the racial tensions are high, and you're out here, and you think this is important enough to, like, feed the bunnies. I think I have a photo of him because I'm a millennial. I didn't know what to do. I just stopped and took a photo, right? And uh, he was just out there, this sweet old man. And I, all of a sudden, I had this realization, I think there's some wisdom from this old man in the desert to have something where he, <laughs> he tends to the small things in life. He's removed from just the busyness and the craziness, and he's finding something that for him probably gives him just incredible joy to be outside, to be in nature, to rest from the news and all of the things that are just, you know, oppressive oppressive in this world. And that doesn't mean that we don't engage with the things that are happening, but to have these moments that just feel special and sacred and bring us joy. Sabbath is about the sacred rest that God gives us, where we just tend to the small things in life. We let go of all the things that we can't control. We just be with our creator. Rest. And then rhythm. Rest and rhythm. So rhythm are these built-in boundaries that we have in the creative order of the world. And, and so maybe like right now, the message of rest for Sabbath isn't a big deal to you because your whole, your whole life is disrupted. But, but maybe having a rhythm of once a week stopping of slowing down, of saying, I don't need to get emails out, I don't need to work on anything, I could just be in the presence of God. In in the midst of something disruptive, having this kind of rhythm might keep you sane. And we see that in the creation story as God puts this rhythm into the world where he works for six days, he rests for seventh. Uh, The creation story, I think, is so special because, especially in the ancient world, you have all these like primitive old religions that have these narratives of how the world was created. And they're always like some sort of weird creation story where the gods are angry, and out of this like cosmic battle, the earth is created by accident, right? Or like someone opens Pandora's box, and like, and then the Hebrews come up with this idea that God, as he created, is actually bringing order to the world. And you start to see these sacred rhythms, even in creation, that I think just point to the idea that there's this creator that has ordered everything. You see that in the seasons. There's this rhythm of the seasons, which, you know, here in Phoenix, we have, you know, hot as hell and paradise. But if you live in a place like Colorado, you get four seasons. Or a place like Michigan, you get four seasons. There's this rhythm to the creation. You see that with the ebb and flow of the tides with the ocean. You see that with day and night. You see that even with our lives, just with something as simple as breathing, with something as simple as being awake and then needing rest and being asleep. We want to be in tune with these rhythms that God has placed into the creation. These rhythms are something that allow us to be in touch uh, with with God and what he's doing. In fact, uh, this seven-day work week, um, I was reading, I, I had one pastor like, uh, had brought me, kind of tipped me off to this, I didn't know this, but after the French Revolution, I didn't know this, the French tried to decide uh, to create a new calendar that wasn't based on like the seven-day week, 
Um, it was called the French Republic calendar. And they were, what they were actually doing is making three 10-day weeks. And so they were going to work for nine days. Uh, get this, the French were going to work for nine days in a row and then take a break. Um, that was a joke for my British father-in-law. But uh, they were, they were going to work for 10 days and then take a break. And they kind of threw off this, like, rhythm. And what happened... Um, it, it was based on, you know, this seems like this will be more efficient. There was this huge push for secularism and rationalism. And what they found was that their population grew extremely depressed, anxious, suicide rates were, were, were growing. And, and they started to realize this is not healthy. We're actually like moving against the, the there, there's something about the way that creation has been ordered and we're working against it. One philosopher said, when you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. I like that idea. When you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. And what the French realized was maybe there's something to this that the Hebrews understood about how God has ordered this world. And he's created these rhythms that will actually allow us to live healthy emotionally, spiritually lives. There's something unique about this gift of the Sabbath. We cannot take it for granted. But then it says this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. It says these ideas that it's blessed and holy. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Think about that. God blessed a day. God blessed time. There's three things that God blesses in the creation story. We find out that he blesses animals, and he says he wants the animals to be fruitful and multiply. He blesses humans, and he wants the humans to be fruitful and to multiply. And then he blesses a day. The things that God blesses, what God does is he infuses potential to give more life to the creation. God blesses the animals and infuses them with this potential to, to grow and to give more life. And for humans, he gives us the potential to grow, to multiply, to be life-giving vessels. And then he blesses a day, which what I think means is that this day that is the Sabbath, that is this thing that, that God has given to us, uh, has the potential to give more and more life. This is why we don't want to take the Sabbath for granted. When we, when we take hold of it. When we practice Sabbath, it's something that is life-giving and allows us to multiply that life to others. Uh, there's a passage in Isaiah chapter 58 that says this about the Sabbath. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight in the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride and triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. And then it says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I love how it ends that way. If we have any Mandalorian fans in here, like God finishes this and he goes, I have spoken, right? The mouth of the Lord has spoken. But think about that. When you, when you, keep, when you practice Sabbath, when you honor it, you find joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is like happiness, but it's deeper. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy isn't. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of things going uh, not according to plan, in the midst of the disappointments that we face in life, 
There is something that is deeper than just happiness that we can experience that is this fruit of the Spirit, of the joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land, riding in triumph and victory in things uh, that God is ordering about his will, his kingdom, to feast on the inheritance of your Father. This day that is blessed is blessed with the potential to be life-giving in exponential ways. We don't want to take it for granted. And then finally, the idea that it's holy. So God says it's blessed, in verse 3, and made holy. And I think that's important because when you don't think about like holiness, holiness is what something that is set apart, something that is different. This is the first time holy appears in Scripture. And it's used about what? A day. It's used about time. God blesses a time and says there's something about this that is set apart, that is different. Um, it's holy. And I, I think what's important, uh, especially if when the, the Hebrew writers were talking about this, the importance of Sabbath, uh, again, back to like the primitive religions of the world's uh, when the Hebrews are, are writing this, you have all these other religions where the gods reside in what temples? The gods reside in space. You'd have to go to this certain temple uh, to experience like the presence of this god or go to that temple or make this pilgrimage. And this would have been groundbreaking. This is this idea that God doesn't just reside in a building. He doesn't just reside in a temple. He resides in actual time and moments. God exists because we believe that God is omnipresent, God is everywhere. We can experience him everywhere. He's blessed this thing called time, where we experience him in moments. And I think that's important, especially right now, as a church that is scattered in all these different houses. We're not together. Some of us are here today. And yet at the same time, there's a time, and a, a time that we connect with God that creates this, this unity for us. God has set aside a time and called it holy. It's different. God's everywhere, but space doesn't just contain him. God blesses this time. I, Abraham Joshua Herschel says this, uh, this, this Hebrew writer about the Sabbath wrote a wonderful book called The Sabbath. He said, Sabbaths are our great cathedrals. The Sabbaths are our great cathedrals. Where we, we enter into this time and experience God we enter this time, it says it's the, the architecture of time is what God's doing here. He's creating a space for us to enter into his presence. And God is everywhere, but in these moments of Sabbath, there's something unique. We set aside this time to experience God, and it's holy. We create these rhythms of rest where we just say, God, I want to experience your presence in this place, and I have set aside this time for you to experience your goodness. We cannot take this for granted. In Exodus chapter 20, um, we have this famous passage about the Ten Commandments. And uh, if you would read in Exodus 20, you'd find that God spoke all these words, and you have these, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt into the land of slavery. And then you have the commandments, you shall have no other gods before me, is the first one. Verse 4 says, you shall make... Uh, not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven or above. And then the third one, it says, you shall not misuse my name, uh, the name of the Lord your God. Uh, but then the fourth one, verse 8, says, remember the Sabbath and keep it 
holy. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. If God has made this day holy, there's this commandment to say, I want you to remember that and to keep it holy. A day that is set apart, a time that is set apart for God. Here's something, uh, as, as you read through the Ten Commandments, you'll find that, like, it's, we kind of just read them at face value, and it seems like there's these Ten Commandments, and this is what we're supposed to do. The first three commandments have to do with our relationship with God. And then you have the fourth commandment, which is about the Sabbath, and every commandment after that has to do with our relationship with each other, our, our relationship with the community around us. And so what some scholars would say is that it's almost like the Sabbath is this bridge in the commandments where you find, here's what it means to, to, to be in relationship with God, here's what it means to be in relationship with each other, and in between those is this Sabbath, this sacred space. When we connect with God, when we are in God's presence, when we allow God to just meet us in this sacred time, it allows us to live at peace in relationships with others around us. The Sabbath is this, this sacred time for us to stop, to connect with God for rest, for rhythm that creates these things that are healthy. It's blessed and it's holy, and we are called to remember and to keep it. As we uh, close today, one question, very simple. How do you keep and remember Sabbath? In the midst of this pandemic, is this something uh, that you have just overlooked? Is there something that you're missing out on in your relationship with God and this potential for this, this life-giving thing to happen because you've just simply overlooked Sabbath? Living your life as a liturgy, the work of the people, are you able to prioritize your work week around this special day where you connect with God for rest, for rhythm, something to be blessed, something that is holy, something that is set apart for our relationship with him. What does Sabbath look like for you? For me, here's what I've found, because I, I work Sunday morning, right? Um, Sunday around 1 p.m., I'm able to kind of disconnect and unplug. And then I'm able to do that for a 24-hour period till about Monday at 1 p.m., where I just say, I'm not going to produce anything, I'm not going to create anything, I'm just simply going to be. I've been able to do that really well at some moments in my life, and then there's some times where I just am not able to stick with it. But when I'm able to keep that 24-hour period, what I find is that I'm healthier, I'm more present to my spouse, I'm more present to my children, um, I'm, I'm not irritable, I'm so constantly like um, easily annoyed and cynical, but when I'm practicing Sabbath, I find that I'm healthier. God's filling me up, and this life-giving potential can pour out of me. What is it for you? What does Sabbath look like? What is this 24-hour period where you could just say, God, I'm yours for this? Something to consider. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for this gift of Sabbath. And for some of us, it's something that's great. For others, it's hard to do. And yet we see the rhythms of the creation, how you've given us this thing to be in tune with what you're up to in this world. It helps us prioritize around your presence and not our own agenda. Lord, it reminds us that we are uh, worthy and made, uh, our, our value is placed in you and not in what we're trying to accomplish. 
Lord, there's many people right now that are just incredibly weary. That I pray that, that this would just be a gift, Lord, that you would be a reminder that, that we can stop and just be with you as your children. Lord, for some of us, our, our schedules are just so out of whack right now. And the weariness comes because we don't have these sacred rhythms. And Lord, I just pray that you would remind us how to just organize our lives. Lord, the blessing that comes from your presence, Lord, we would be reminded that this is something we should prioritize around because this is where the life is. That there would be something that's set apart, Lord. That there would be something that's holy as we connect with you. Teach us to remember and to keep it. That our life would be a liturgy. That the work we do would not only allow us to experience your goodness, Lord, but would allow us to live in a way that others around us can experience your goodness. We're grateful for the Sabbath, this gift you've given us. We're grateful that you are Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus. Continue to form us to be more like you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.